so finally back in the home of the Tifosi, back with the fans. And wow, feels like almost a decade, maybe more, since we've come to Italy and Ferrari seemingly are the favourites. Folks, this is going to be a fun race at Emola for the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. And that is exactly what we're going to discuss right here on the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits the Podium. My name is Somal Arora, joined by Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team. And this Kunal is going to be literally one of the most looked forward to weekends in years, especially for me. I mean, or maybe I should say at least for me, because just the thought of the Tifosi, just the thought of Leclerc or maybe even Sainz potentially winning, it just is, is normal. It is what Formula One is all about. The, the, the fans and just the way they come out and probably a chance of a really good race happening as well. So I, I think it's just learning out to be a really great weekend all around. It's going to be a great weekend all around. But I have to ask you the question I ask you each oh, time. Yes. Formula One races in Imola. What is the actual official full name of the Grand Prix, Samuel? Is it the uh, Emilia Romagna Grand Prix and with the title sponsor or something like that up there? Not sure. I, I'm, I'm going to read it out to you. There are lots of brand names. Okay. Right? So, Formula One, Pirelli, Grand Premio, Del, Made in Italy. Oh, come on. A, Del, Emilia, Romagna, 2022 or whatever. Yeah, but there we have it. That's the actual name of the the Grand Prix. <laughs> Give me a break. Come on. And that's just almost on the same level as Aston Martin or Amco Cognizant Racing Point Force India BWD Formula One team or something like that. Whatever. You get the point. But I, I suppose the name kind of can be glanced over when you've got so many exciting things to look forward to, Kanal. Especially sprint, especially upgrades. Where do we want to begin, actually? Because there's so much to talk about. I think I want to first begin with what you said, Aston Martin, although that's like not the place to uh-huh. begin with. Aren't they the only team yet to score a point this weekend? I think you'd be right yes, about they that, are. yeah. Uh, no, no, they, they're the only team to have not scored a point in all of 2022. And I was pulling up some stats and Sebastian Vettel is yet to score a point at Imola himself over the last two years that Formula One's been racing here. But yeah, before we actually jump into teams and drivers, let's just celebrate the fact that we are at a historic circuit this weekend, right? It seems like a long time since we were actually at a really great historic circuit that comes with its own set of stories and narratives over the years. Because, you know, 2021 ended like pretty much every season ends with a lot of races in the Middle East. 2022 started with a lot of races in the Middle East. Of course, then we went to Australia, another iconic venue in itself. And, you know, Bahrain, Saudi, good circuits, offer good entertainment. Mm. They don't pay us to say all the the right things that they'd want us to. But the truth is, at least for me, is, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like the locals have really caught on to the Formula One fever. Drive to Survive or no drive to survive. Fettel, uh, Hamilton, uh, you know, Verstappen, all the rivalries that they've sort of witnessed there. I don't really think they picked on there, right? So it's just great to be back at a circuit where Formula One is genuinely celebrated as a religion, Samuel. Yep, 100%. And I just want to see what the crowd, or rather, how can you see the crowd noise? But I just want to hear the crowd noise because the, because F1 have recently been ramping it up and many people think it's fake, but it's not. They just turn it up a little bit when the overtakes happen. And this weekend, when Leclerc or Sainz gets pole, again, I've given you my prediction. 
that is just going to be something else, right? All together, that's going to be tremendous. But I just want to talk about Red Bull initially because I've constantly been rambling about the possibility of a Ferrari win over here. And the reason why I do that, Kunal, is because Red Bull, they just came out and said after last weekend that their issues with reliability are more complex than they thought. The fuel pump thing has been done. I mean, what they face in Australia has gone, but uh, not Australia. Oh, sorry. Bahrain, uh, sorry, old habits. I just think that Australia is always a season opener. But the problem from Australia <laughs> isn't quite sorted yet. And Helmut Marco says that it could take time. That's just the worst thing possible to hear, isn't it? Well, from very simply put, they are, they are assuming that purposing uh, or purposing, depending what part of the world you're from, could be one of the reasons why Red Bull had the issues as they did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, Red Bull is one of those teams where purposing is actually under much control than some of the other teams out there. But, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. The the big question this weekend is always going to be, will Red Bull be able to take the fight to Ferrari? Of course, the question is, will they be able to finish a race like we've been asking every other race weekend, right? But the truth is, even if they end up finishing a race, uh, you know, we saw in Australia, Charles Leclerc and Ferrari were up there dominating untouched pretty much unless there was a safety car restart, which bunched up the, you know, the grid by itself. Yeah. Because, you know, Imola, again, fast flowing, very punishing Sommel. Uh, again, uh, you know, pretty much every race we go to is now turning to be a test for these new rules, can they follow, can they overtake, etc. Imola is a little more difficult to overtake because of the fact that it's a narrower circuit than some of the other circuits we've raced on. Uh, But also last year, Formula 1 has released data that there were 90 overtakes in the Grand Prix, right? And 13.3% were, only 13.3% were actually DRS aided overtakes right and you know from australia where we would have almost had four drs zones till fernando alonso complained we are now at just one drs zone uh until fernando alonso complains again i guess to get it removed <laughs> actually this is one of those circuits where you don't really need it at all but it's it's amazing the flow you get and this is one thing you especially see in the esports races, uh, which I've luckily even got a chance to accommodate on quite a fair bit. You see the cars bottoming out on quite a few of the faster corners, especially the ones where, especially the one where Russell crashed out, the one after that. I can't exactly remember the name, but there's this descending downhill right hander where the car can bottom out. And with ground right. effect, that is just going to be tremendous, Kunal, because the cars are sucked in low. I mean, they're not going to be as fast. They won't be feeling like they're on rails. But with the elevation changes and the constant changes in curbs and everything as well, I think it's just going to be a fun weekend all around just to watch the cars. And with the weather being a little bit in jeopardy, I suppose that could be elevating the challenge of the weekend. It should. There's uh, rain expected. Huh. Uh, and I hope there is rain, especially, uh, you know, during one of the sessions that really matter to us. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, the 2022 cars have been driven in the wet, but they've not been raced in the wet. If you guys remember the second test, one of the days was converted into a wet track session yep. so that the teams could just run, Pirelli could run and so on. So the weather hopefully gives us some uh, you know, just adds to the entertainment factor as well. And you mentioned ground effects, Samuel, and Sebastian Vettel literally just made a statement, uh, you know, which only Sebastian Vettel would make. He said, to come to the historic circuit of Imola in these ground effect cars 
feels like going back to the 80s altogether again. And, you know, it's just the more Sebastian Vettel-like like statement that, you know, he could make. So it will be interesting to see how closely the cars are able to sort of uh, follow each other uh, through those really quick uh, historic and legendary corners. Almost. Yeah, I think we just need V12 engines and everything will be all right because these cars look as good. <laughs> but it, it kind of reminds me of something as well. Uh, I know we have to get on that later, but even the Ferrari, right? It looks like an 80s Ferrari in a way. But I think we'll get to Ferrari later. But first, we have to talk about F1 Sprint Canal because it's back. Uh, way there's, there's a bit of a drumbling in the background in my mind. Or kind of like a comedian's but But did we miss it? Is is there going to be something new? I mean, we know for a fact that now, probably not probably, but now correctly, they are calling the pole sitter the person who sets the fastest qualifying lap on Friday. So the winner of the sprint is not the pole sitter. But I mean, come on, there's no, there's no buzz around it seemingly. I know it's our job to make it exciting, but nobody kind of missed it. You know, it's like this. As a fan, uh-huh. if you were to ask me, I would say, yeah, maybe I did or didn't miss it. But now, if I think as a marketer, right, mm-hmm. let's remember each time Formula One's had a sprint race, uh, of course, three uh, three instances in 2021, we actually had a lot of drama between the championship uh, mm. protagonists. Okay. Uh, also, the sprint race in Brazil was when Lewis Hamilton overtaking Masterclass was on display. So, you know, going purely by data, right, the sprint race might just add some more excitement to a Grand Prix weekend at a historic circuit, which also happens to be the home race of uh, Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And because it's the home race of Ferrari, a lot of people end up forgetting that it's the home race for Alpha Tauri as oh, yeah. well. And Yuki, Sen- Yuki Sonoda said, you know, he's moved to Italy and it is like his home race too. But on a more serious note, you know, F1 sprint, uh, also uh, means a massive chance for teams and drivers to score more points because eight finishers in the sprint race actually end up scoring points, uh, which means that for a team, the maximum you can score uh, this weekend uh, is up to 59 points. So this includes a Grand Prix win, the point for the fastest lap, a second place finish. This is on Sunday and then on Saturday. You take the sprint win followed by a second place in the sprint, right? Mm. So uh, that's a lot of points that uh, a, a team can actually add to their tally. As for a driver, you have almost, uh, not almost, you have 34 points that you can score as well. So the the fact that uh, we've got sprint also means that we could see massive changes in, in, the, in the championship uh, standing, Sommel, right? Mm. But the sprint also then complicates one big fact, Will teams be bringing in upgrades, right? And will they have enough time to test those upgrades? Because the dichotomy here is it's the first European race of the season, right? Which means somebody like me could just put some uh, put some extra bits of uh, car upgrades in in my luggage and fly uh, fly to uh, Imola in you know you know less than a couple of hours' time and be at the circuit. So. Uh, you know the first race of uh, the first race in Europe usually sees teams bring in as many upgrades as they can because they can, right? But the limited time in practice is where uh, the teams will ask a question: Do they have enough time to test and go through those upgrades, or do they just do data collection for the weekends to come, and so on, right? Because given just the number of points available, sometimes it's just about picking what's available rather than trying something new. So. Don't be surprised if the form factor pretty much remains the same from what 
we saw in Australia summer. Yeah, but track characteristics could be one thing, which is basically making the midfield essentially a game of musical chairs because we actually don't know who's going to end up where. And th- that's also one thing on my mind because McLaren are not very confident this past weekend. I mean, this weekend that they're going to have a good one, but you can't tell, right? I, I mean, it's only when you get on the track when you get a better idea of what things are going to be, which also means that Alfa Romeo could also be in the spotlight because it's their home race too. And who knows, maybe, just maybe we get to see the repeat telecast of Russell versus Bottas from last year. I mean, look at the story, right? Last year, they crashed at this very circuit. There's this whole dilemma about who should Mercedes pick. Mercedes have gone for their choice. And Bottas has outqualified Russell in a slower car. I just love it. Maybe that could be one story that comes up back on this year. But otherwise, the, the upgrades part is very, very interesting that you mentioned, Kunal, because usually it tends to come in around Spain or, or at least the first European race. Imola's this first one, but Ferrari seem to be very confident. I mean, I, I like it. Again, everyone's a Ferrari fan deep down, but they just are, are they or are they not bringing any upgrades? Because the last I read about it, it said that they were bringing them in Spain and not here. And, and the reasoning is kind of very similar to what you gave for the sprint race. Sprint race that is. You know, I just love Ferrari's confidence. You're saying we have more to unlock from the baseline car we started the season hmm. with. So they are experimenting with different setup options and just trying to unlock performance from the existing package before falling in this trap, uh, you know, that teams normally end up finding themselves in uh, of, uh, you know, ba- basically bringing on more upgrades, uh, hoping to unlock more performance. So to me, I, I love Ferrari's, uh, you know, confidence and, and approach. And, you know, each time somebody is talking or bringing upgrades, Ferrari is just saying, yeah, we'll add five more BHP to the car, <laughs> uh, which means they were holding on to a reserve. Then somebody else says, yeah, we're going to try and bring something else. And they say, okay, we can maybe lower the car a little bit more. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Ferrari actually builds on further uh, to the to the fantastic start they've had to the season because you know yes it's a 23 race calendar and the season is really long but teams would really want to maximize their points advantage when they have such a dominating performance over their rivals so that's what I think Ferrari will do and will Ferrari end up using team orders already is Carlos Sainz going to get the Kimi Raikkonen style treatment because the one driver who really really needs to you know up his ante and nothing less than a win uh, would be for him is is Carlos Sainz uh, junior sommel oh yeah oh absolutely it it seems like a long season already we've already had three races and for Sainz it, it seems incredibly long because things are just not going his way, which is, again, a bit of a shame. But you're right, Ferrari could put him in the spot right now. And speaking of drivers who desperately, desperately need a good race, I can think of Fernando Alonso as well because he's just not had the chance to properly establish himself so far this year. And we have seen that there's pace. We have seen that he can duel it up with Esteban Ocon. But he's not like the fierce line that he's... We expected him to be this year. Ocon has given him a tough fight, but so has reliability and tire issues. So there's that. And also, Kunal, Mick Schumacher, there was a chance, a slight one, that he was about to beat Magnussen in Australia, but that kind of fizzled out. I mean, there are so many narratives bubbling up all the way through. And what do you reckon? I want to know your take on this one. Can Latifi keep up his crash streak again? It's been going on to be a really good one, isn't it? Well... He knows just the right time to crash and then, <laughs> uh, you know, turn the race around as as the memes say. But yeah, truly speaking, it's 
there are actually three drivers of three nationalities mm-hmm. that uh, need a really, really good race. You pointed out the Spaniards, Fernando Alonso and Carlos Sainz. Then it's the Germans, uh, you know, Mick Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel. The two uh, drivers have not scored points despite having uh, a car that can score points, especially in the case of Mick Schumacher, right? Uh, in Australia, by the way, he, he did end up finishing ahead of uh, Magnussen, just that neither car uh, ended yeah. up finishing in the points, right? And then finally, down to the two uh, heavily uh, paying Canadians, uh, Latifi oh. and Stroll, Again, could you know we've seen uh, we've seen Albon score points, so the pressure definitely is on Latifi as well to try and see uh, what they could do as well. But yeah, drivers of three nationalities that uh, that really need to up uh, their game this weekend, Samuel. And then you know the midfield battle is going to be ever interesting. We've got McLaren. The question was in Australia was their progression track specific or do they genuinely have? Uh, something uh you know which has solved their their uh, pace wars an interesting thing again you know mclaren use their own gearbox whereas williams uh, aston martin and mercedes use the mercedes gearbox yeah. Uh, so the question was, uh, you know, are McLaren actually quicker than the other customer teams because they have their own gearbox uh, and uh, hence a different assembly that goes in? And then, you know, Alpine, you already pointed out, Alpha Tauri, home race for them. Uh, what can uh, Valtteri Bottas do for Alfa Romeo? He's turned around and said, I'm more than just a driver in the team. I ask for things and they actually happen. What? And then wow. the... That's yeah. a good statement. And then, of course, the 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 big uh, one is going to be Aston uh, Martin. You know, yeah. what can they do? Can they open their points? Uh, you know, uh, point scoring uh, for twenty twenty two this weekend, Samuel. Yeah, you mean Spiker? Because it definitely feels like Spiker for them right now. It doesn't feel like Aston Martin, which is also one thing we discussed on the past episode of the podcast as well uh, about Sebastian Vettel and Monaco, about what could become of them in the next few years. So don't forget to check that one out, folks. But finally, before we wrap, Kunal, predictions in one word. The drivers will be very happy Uh if there's a safety car this weekend because it's going to be the Mercedes safety car. So that's one prediction, (laughs) I would say. I get this feeling we're going to see we're going to see something some drama on track either Leclerc versus Verstappen somebody will you know want to stop uh Leclerc's charge and momentum or could it be Sainz versus Leclerc will Ooh. that get spicy because Australia was very uncharacteristic of Sainz to get all nerved up and sort of let it go when he's the one who actually holds things up I would say so yep, exactly and that's why I'm going to go for Sainz for the win. For the pole position... Oh, wait. I've got to turn it around, isn't it? For the pole position, I think I'm going to go uh, Verstappen and the same for the sprint as well. But folks, let us know your takes, your predictions down in the comments on the YouTube version of this, of course, and on social media if you're listening to the podcast. But folks, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to join us right here on the podcast and Pitch the Podium for the other coverage of this weekend as well with the sprint review and, of course, the main race. But folks... Thank you once again and see you rather soon. Bye-bye.